The renowned author Jill Churchill wrote, There's no way to be a perfect mother and a million ways to be a good one. In this episode of Digging Deep for Treasures, I invited two beautiful mothers to join me in conversation about motherhood. Caroline Cormier is a mom of four heavenly babies and one earthly 21-year young daughter, a lover of all things Disney, crafter, and travel lover. God, family, friends, everything else is how she prioritizes her life. She is able to find the bright spot in everything and always sees the good in everyone else. She was born in New Jersey and have lived in Texas and Oregon in addition to California. She has been blessed with the ability to be a stay-at-home mom, allowing her time to take care of her mom. She writes, Life is always good. I have known Gail for more than 20 years, but it brings me joy to know her more as our friendship grows. Gail was born in Accra, Ghana, Africa, a fact I didn't know until this podcast. She grew up in the SF Valley, California, was a home child care provider and a homeschooler mom. She is a lover of God and His glorious word, the Bible. I hope this episode blesses you, moms moms-to-be, grandmas, and all who love like a mother loves. Have a wonderful Mother's Day. Welcome to Digging Deep for Treasures podcast. This is your host, Cecile Valoria, a Christian author and a retired teacher. This podcast is to encourage women to grow in their faith and harness the power of the Holy Spirit as we unearth scriptural truths so that we can live a peace-filled life in this fear-prone world. Now sit back, relax, and let's dig deep for treasures from His Word. having you both here with me today. So I'd like to go ahead and give you a chance to introduce yourself. My name is Caroline Cormier and I have one adult child. She'll be 22 in November. She struggles with mental health, anxiety, depression, and she is high-functioning autistic. And she is in college right now and doing a fantastic job. Yes, doing much better now. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Wow. And Gail. Hello, Gail Hibbs. And I have three adult young men, my husband Robbie and I, brought them all up here in California. And they're all doing fantastic. My oldest is 26. He'll be 27 in August. My next, um, that's Luke. And then Adam is 25. And John is 22. He'll be 23 next month. I'm just very proud of them very great young men. So I guess if we look at our numbers, I have two kids. So we're one, two, three here. (laughs) What challenges did you have while raising your kids or kids? Or did you have challenges? My biggest challenge was just having the doctors recognize that she had, there was something not quite right in her development. Uh She was a, she was a preemie. And so it was, when she, you know, she wasn't hitting the milestones yeah. at the times that the books 
I'll say, which the books are not always right because it's a case by case, child by child situation, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And so when she wasn't hitting those milestones, and then I have I had a notebook where she drew the same little doodle over and over and over again, pages mm-hmm. and pages, and taking her to the doctor and just having him say, Yeah, there's something going on. Yeah. For mm-hmm. like two years. I was just like, This isn't normal, this isn't normal, mm-hmm. this is not normal. And he finally was like, Well, yeah, she's probably uh, on the spectrum, but she doesn't she doesn't qualify for any assistance and it was like not what I was trying to get I was just trying to know what I was working with Um, so once I got that cleared in my mind that yes okay it's not just me she is high functioning autistic and she has the traits of them then I had to become her advocate for teaching you know and But uh, I went online and I did some research and they had this wonderful sheet about characteristics of high functioning autism. Mm -hmm. And I would highlight the ones that fit her and then give it to the teachers every year, send it in an email Mm -hmm. and say, these are her characteristics. These are her traits. This is what you're going to notice when she does this. That means she's stressed. When she does this, it means she's in emotional distress. Yeah. And so that was for me, that was the biggest challenge. Yeah. And not only the biggest challenge, but the greatest thing that you did too is mm. really preparing everyone to know what to expect or what to see and how to understand those things. Because if you didn't do that, sometimes as teachers, because we have so many children in the classroom. Sometimes we just think maybe she's just misbehaving and and doing all these things. So when you know that, oh, she is stressed at this time, then you can properly address it. Whereas if you didn't tell them that ahead of time, then the way that they probably dealt with her would have been different. Exactly. And the teachers even thanked me for it. They were like, thank you. We wish more parents would do this because that way they know how to approach that child. Yeah. It is more of trying to help them understand and in turn, so help teachers to how to address and how to respond appropriately. So I applaud you for doing that. Thank you. It was like I said, I mean, it's something as a parent, I just, I felt like I needed to because she wouldn't advocate for herself. Even now, she's, it's still hard for her to, to vocalize. She has to process things differently. Yeah. And so, yeah, she's 21 and a half, right? And she's still, it's, if somebody texts her something, it takes her a day or two to process it, kind of chew on it, see how she wants to respond, and then she responds. So, but she doesn't tell people that she's high-functioning high autistic. She doesn't want to do that. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I'm going, okay, well, that's, I, I get it. I get it. You don't want to do that. But she was fine yeah. with me telling the teachers because it wasn't, I wasn't looking for special treatment. I was just looking for them to be a little more empathetic. Yes. Towards what she, what her, where her brain is and the way her brain processes. Yeah, and that is very helpful. So, Gail, mm. have you had any major challenges to when your kids were little? You oh, have three. So three boys. That's right. Yeah. Doctor Dobson says that the biggest goal with raising boys is to get them to adulthood alive. 
So we did that part. <laughs> and I think, um, I think that continues to be the biggest challenge, even as they are adults is to just pray that they stay alive just because uh, boys are, and yeah, men are risk and, and risk takers and uh, have a lot of energy and yeah. So, um, but even with that in mind, I was trying to think of challenges that we had and I talked with my husband, let's see, we didn't have a lot. We were blessed a yeah. lot. And I, the only things I can really that we thought of was their differences in personalities. Yes. You know, generally they get along, they got along really well. And, but the differences in personality were, you know, sometimes a challenge. So, and they were all home together a lot because I had preschool in my home for the first, until they all got into kindergarten. And then they went kindergarten and first grade at, our local school, and then homeschool again until seventh grade. And my oldest was homeschool most of the way through high school. Wow. So, so they all were here a lot <laughs> together. What was, what was their age difference scale? Or what's their two age years? Difference? It's two years, uh, two basically years two apart. years apart. Yeah. yeah. Uh, once, yeah. once Luke turns 27 in August, it'll be 23, 25, 27. Wow. And it'll be that for six months. Yeah. I commend you too for doing homeschooling Mm. because I know I would have wanted to homeschool my own kids, but I knew I wasn't fit to be a homeschooler mom. My expectations would probably be off the roof and that (laughs) would probably have destroyed our relationship. And I don't know that I can... I can be as organized with homeschooling as I would have been, you know, as, as you were yes. as a teacher. <laughs> yes. Yes. And I, I, I like what you said the, um, and mentioned about Dr. James Dobson's. <laughs> what uh, he says about raising what boys. He said, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> because that brought me to remembering my son too, Christian, when he was little, He was so much into everything. In fact, one of the things that happened, we had a house and in the back porch, there were bars, like the bars that keep people away and stuff. Ah, mm -hmm. And what happened was he stuck his head (gasps) through those bars. And (laughs) that was very traumatic for me as a mom. Yes. And the other thing that he did too was I had a step stool. Most of my audience is not <laughs> and how petite I am. Uh-huh. And so I need step stools, right? Yeah. So we have this step stool and it's the one where you fold it. Well, my son put his thumb between those hinges yes. and we ended up in the emergency room. I now can can understand oh. why Dr. James Dobson said those words. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So how did you cope with the differences in personalities between your kids? Okay. As far as coping, I, I don't feel like there was a, a coping, but there was definitely some management of it. We wanted them to be in the real world and to manage things in a real way. Mm-hmm. So there wasn't a lot of prevention as far uh-huh. as the personality stuff goes. 
Um, I, I think, gosh, it was a long time ago when they were so young and they would get in some arguments and we did have some kind of mantras about it. I can't remember what they were, Uh but there wasn't that much to make it a very big deal. Yeah. Uh, as they got older, there were some, you know, some that probably run deep, at least with one of my, one of my boys, still some things that were done, you know, stick a little bit and it's probably something they might have to work out someday but it's nothing terrible as far as their relationship goes yeah uh might be some little resentments here and there about something yeah so So. like what i said in the very beginning it's that this is a nice group of us all because caroline has one girl Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you have three boys and i have a girl and a boy yeah and so just the experiences that we have might vary and which is really good because we can address different things together. Yep. One of the things that we had a challenge with was especially when we took the kids out in the car. Because I don't know if you've, you've experienced this too, Gail, because you have three. But mm-hmm. with our kids, both of them wanted to be at one side of the car by the window. Mm-hmm. And so that was a challenge we had. I mean, it's not major, but uh-huh. you know, there's bickering and there's all this stuff. So how did we cope with that challenge? We gave them a chance to take turns being in front and mm-hmm. staying by the window or whatever mm-hmm. preferred side of the car. Mm-hmm. So that's one of them. Of course, as you mother, as you as you nurture your children, you will find joys and things that you did well and successes and and you will also find your children being successful in Mm. the things that they do how did you celebrate those successes as parents so Mm -hmm. for us it was because she's a one and only right so everything was a success (laughs) hey she got potty trained Um, (laughs) so and we always try to set her up for success and just tell her it's like all we ask is you do your personal best if you do your personal best that's everything because our friends were all they all had to be perfect right all of their parents Mm. were like you got to get straight a's you got to get straight a's and we were like "Eh, just do your personal best grades don't matter after you leave high school or college right and so unless you're you know unless you're getting a degree in something that you need to go on then grades matter but once you're out of college on any level, it's like the grades don't really matter. So we were telling her that when you die, it's not going to matter if you got <laughs> a B or a B. Um, so like right now, just she just had a small success with um, a film that they did. And so we made a big deal out of it by, mm. by going to the premiere and, you know, mm. making things to make them feel special making that a nice. insanely huge backdrop so that they yeah. could take pictures and feel like they were in Hollywood. Mm-hmm. So we've always kind of done those kind of things, like making something special mm-hmm. to make that day special or that event mm-hmm. or that uh, that goal that she completed just to make that special. When she's perfect example is she won um, a golf tournament her first golf okay. tournament when she's nine years old and she's got the whole trophy oh my goodness so we took her to islands yeah. to have dinner and yeah. he's like you gotta bring the trophy in because we gotta take pictures of you with the trophy mm-hmm. so we made it special 
I love that. I love that. Making a big deal because it is a big deal. The successes our children have are big deals, especially to us moms. Yeah. How about you, Gail? What did you and Robbie do? Well, um, as far as personal achievements, we were always involved in celebrating those things, like uh, coming to any shows or any sports events. Uh, We were there. Uh, Loved every minute of it. It's just such a beautiful feeling to see the see the children just thriving in gifts that God has given them or whatever they're doing. But as far as I feel like we kind of were more subdued in a general nature, as far as grades or assignments or that was more not really paid attention to as far as we kind of expected what we Uh expected from the, each of them knowing their gifts. Yeah. And uh, that worked out really well. <laughs> I feel like they all achieved very well accordingly to their abilities and their gifts. And it didn't take a lot of extra effort from us to, you know, celebrate or push them. We just encur- encouraged and delighted, yeah. encouraged yeah. and delighted. So that yeah. was pretty much as far as I can think of at the moment. <laughs> and I know that that's a really big thing too that I admired with you and Robbie is I know that you were always, always with the kids. You always mm-hmm. encouraged them in their games and you were always there rooting for them as they played. I know John does yeah. uh, baseball or is it baseball? Oh, He did all sports, but yes, baseball yeah. was the main yeah. one. And I know you were always behind them yeah. all your kids as they did yeah, all, all of them, them. Yeah, yeah it was a delight uh yeah. there was something uh let me just might be a good place to mention it here um is i remember when we were deciding about homeschooling uh-huh. and it was after already we had uh preschool in our home so i already had lots of kids around and the kids around me all the time but so we were thinking about homeschooling when it was still fairly new Yes. Uh, but becoming more uh, common. So one of the things that really sold me on it was envisioning myself after the school age, when all my children are grown up, and thinking to myself, uh, how do I want to remember those years of them growing up in the school age? Yes. And I wanted to remember being there. That's um, what I wanted to remember mainly. And I was challenged by the idea that if they went to a regular public school or even a private school where they were away all that time, that's what, that was like the clincher for me to decide. And my husband approved of homeschooling because, because I wanted to look back, which now I can, I can look back and and I know where I was. I was with them and I was there. We were there. So it was, something that helped me for anyone else out there that might be considering homeschooling, especially these days. Yeah. My goodness. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> like what I said, I applaud you for, for doing that because I couldn't. Well, <laughs> um, with us, in terms of celebration, we, we went from, you know, very simple ones to extremes. Mm-hmm. Like, for example, if 
they had end of the trimester and they did get good grades. We did not set uh, or tell them to get good grades or whatever, but they set expectations for themselves. Mm-hmm. So that was good. And then when they showed us, then we would go to leather games. Mm. That was one of the places we frequented when they did something like getting good grades. Yes, that's um, fun. And then for a major one, whenever they graduated, we we took them on trips rather than give them gifts. Mm. So we felt that this was something that was educational in terms of what is out there in the world. So that's what we did for the kids to celebrate. And for us, we also celebrated her failures. Yes. Because those were learning lessons. Yeah. So, but we didn't make a big deal out of it. It was just like, okay, well, what did you learn? And let's move on kind of thing. So we celebrated the successes, but we celebrated the failures too, because Mm -hmm. those are important. Those are important Mm -hmm. things to celebrate too, right? Mm -hmm. Yes, they are. Because I think when you fail, you see the joy of success more so too, right? Mm -hmm. And then it is by failing that you learn, like what you said, Gail, that these are learning moments. Mm-hmm. And I think to grow, you have to keep on uh, learning. Mm-hmm. And learning is not just from successes, but also from failures. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. And I was so, I was going to ask you, helicopter parents, were you ever <laughs> helicopter moms? Guilty as charged. <laughs> I got accused of being one by my husband and by a few teachers. So uh-huh. it's like, no, I'm not helicopter. I'm involved. I was an involved parent. It was, um, you know, I worked at the school. So I'll, I'll never forget yeah. this. It was like when I was in a Bible study and one of the other moms had said, oh, we should go for lunch sometime. And I said, well, I can't. I'm at the school. Uh from 11.45 till 1 or whatever it was. And she was like, Mom, you need to let her go. She needs to make friends. And I was like, whoa, 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 Work at the school. I'm at the school at lunch because I work there, Mm. not because I'm having lunch with her every day. Oh, my goodness. So, so yeah, but I, I was accused a few times of being a helicopter parent. And it's like, no, because I let her play. I let her do things. I let her take the risks. You know, she mm-hmm. wants to swing yeah. on the monkey bars and she falls and she breaks her wrist. It's a learning lesson. It's yeah. like, yeah. I'm yeah. not going to baby her and go, here, yeah. let me hold you while you're doing mm-hmm. the monkey bars. So even though I got accused of being it, it's like <laughs> I, I wasn't. I was just, I said, like I said, more involved. In- and I love that. I love that, Caroline, because. I definitely could say I was a helicopter parent, not because not because I necessarily thought it was the best, but why I was one was because of who I was. Mm-hmm. I grew up with anxiety, and so my mm-hmm. thoughts were always in the wrong direction. You yeah, know, what if? What if? I have yeah. the what ifs, and so yeah. that made me the kind of parent that I was which is not the best, but as a a team, my husband and I still allowed them 
to be able to experience all the different things that they needed to experience or wanted to experience. But as they grew up, I learned to, even with the, the um, tendency to be a helicopter mom, I learned how to cope with that. Like say, for example, my son was in track and field. And so I would, that's why I said, Gail, I, I really admire you and Robbie for being there all the time. I would try to be at my son's track and field, but then I would see him. And when he is running mm. and I feel that he is out of breath, mm. there goes my, my brain mm -hmm. saying, oh my gosh, what's going on with my son? Yeah. And so I decided, okay, I'm not going to watch his, his track and field mm. you know, races and stuff because it would just make me so anxious. Mm -hmm. um, but I allowed him to still do what he wanted to do, despite the fact that I would have all these feelings, right? Yeah. So, Gail. Mm. <laughs> oh, I uh, love Caroline's answer. Um, yes. I, of course, have been accused of it because almost any homeschooler could be accused of being a helicopter parent. Uh -huh. But I don't think I was. They were allowed a lot of aut autonomy mm -hmm. and a lot of their own um, interactions without me right there. And But I was involved. So that was a very good answer. And I think I have to agree with that. Yeah. Now, even when my kids might tease me, even as adults or, or um, as they were older, kids might tease me and call me that it is kind of a buzz name so it, it could you could almost call it any parent who's around is a helicopter parent but i think your understanding of the definition is is the way it is cecile and uh it's it has more to do with the parents and how they're yeah. feeling about you know their anxiety about their yeah. children yeah and uh so in that way I can see that even though Caroline has special uh, special needs in a in a way, even though very common, um, she still knew that the child needed autonomy and needed to figure things out on their own and take risks. Yeah. So that's that's how I felt. Yep. And what I wanted to say too is even if I was a helicopter mom, and I would say this for probably a lot of the helicopter moms yeah um, it's probably coming from us as parents and mm -hmm. how we feel but it's not a lack of trust of our children right i have to yeah. emphasize that yeah because i trusted my kids mm -hmm. but it was me that that was where the problem was coming from yes. <laughs> yeah. and so as as God showed me ways of mm. handling my anxiety, as God showed me that although I love my kids so much that he loves them even more, I was able to cope and let them be and yeah. let them enjoy their life. Mm. So I would say that despite the fact that I was a helicopter mom, I did not constrain them or restrain them from right. being able to do things 
mm-hmm. you wanted to do. My mm-hmm. daughter jumped from a plane and parachuted out. So they were able to do different things. My son rock climbs <laughs> and does all these different things. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. And That's good for you. <laughs> yes. We have to make sure that we put it out there that it's not a lack of trust mm-hmm. in our kids. Right. It might be a lack of trust with the surroundings or people around them, but definitely not a lack of trust of them. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So in your parenting style, in your parenting techniques, do you find things that you have adapted from your parents or grandparents? For me, I would say no, because Co was raised in a really strict household and my mom had a leather shoe and it was cut. It was a piece of leather cut Uh in the shape of the sole of a shoe. And so whenever I got a spanking, she would use the shoe. It was just once, you know, it wasn't like repetitive. Like it was one time with the shoe. And I was like going, I'm, that's like, no, I'm not doing that. I think I, I have the shoe where I finally got rid of it because I was like hiding it from her. <laughs> and as an adult, I'm like, going, no, I don't want anybody to have the shoe. Um, but so I actually came up with my own warped and twisted ways to torture and torment my child. She laughs about him now. And it was like the big joke was, yeah, you can tell your therapist about it when you're older. And she's like, oh, I have. And I'm like, okay, but yeah, I didn't, I, my grandmother was, um, my biological grandmother passed away when my mom was 12 or 11. So I never, I don't know what her parenting style was. And my mom's grandmother was not a good role model. So my poor mom, you know, she didn't really have the best upbringing of what a good role model is. And I did other than the shoe. But um, so come up with my own method. Yeah. yeah. How about you, Gail? Well, she mentioned the shoe, and that reminded me. And I think that we did use some of that kind of discipline until mm-hmm. they were about 10 years old. Uh, it didn't happen very often, and it was never mm-hmm. done in any kind of anger. It was always yeah. a very... Like one, we, I used a a switch for one thing. I called it a switch. It was just a little wooden, like small ruler and it would be a switch just on the hand. Yeah. So it says with boys, there's another thing Dr. Dobson says with boys, sometimes they need a little pain to pay attention. Mm. So (laughs) a little pain, you know, it causes them to pay attention, snap out of their whatever so uh yeah so there's the switch and we also had a paddle and there was a number of like number of paddles anyway it was never anything dramatic but it did the trick it did seem to work and do the trick nobody's traumatized or anything so so that was something passed down because my dad would pull off his belt (laughs) when he would get angry so um there you go anyway so what else I, as far as discipline goes, or just raising kids, uh, raising chores, kids. chores. Yeah, so that's another thing. Uh, my mother um, really was very organized with chores, and we had three growing up in our family, also, and close in age, just like mine. 
And she had us doing chores. We had charts and calendars, and we all knew what our jobs were. And Saturday was the big chore day, and all through the week we had other chores. She she managed the chore thing very well. We tried the chore thing and tried to manage it, and it was difficult. So yeah. we were not as consistent as my as my mom, but we did implement implement that. Uh, one more thing, both of our parents and upbringing were very similar, Robbie's and mine. So that was really good. Yeah. Uh, so there's two things here. One thing was having dinner together. They also had dinner together as a family generally. And we did too until the kids got so so much older and busier on their own that it, it just stopped naturally because of that. But the other thing was Robbie, my, I did not grow up going to church, but his mm -hmm. family did. And at that time, I was also very involved with church when I met Robbie. And mm -hmm. so our children were brought up being very involved in church and going to church and uh, enjoying it and having mm -hmm. that be a big part of our life. So that, I think, has something to do with that question. And I, so. I kind of am in the same area as the two of you in terms of having very strict parents. I did get a, a belt, too, on my <laughs> bottom. Mm -hmm. Once, and that was only once for mm -hmm. my dad. And so from that experience, I became the good child because, <laughs> you know, I didn't want, I didn't want to be spanked after that experience. In fact, my parents were very, very strict where I was not allowed to ride bike at mm -hmm. all. My mom being a nurse and both of them being strict, although my mom was more gentle. My mom, as, be, as a nurse, saw accidents and mm. things that were happening with children and bikes. And so that was the judging point for me not being able to bike. So I know that growing up, I thought of myself as a good child. I know that the only thing that I did not do right, according to me, was <laughs> I sneaked out and went biking around the city oh. once. <laughs> so, I mean, you know, if that's the only thing that you do, right? Yeah, that's pretty good. So that's good. That's, that's pretty that's really good. good. You're a good, you were a good girl. <laughs> I was a good, a good girl. I think the other thing that my husband and I did from the very beginning with our children, first with our daughter, we read to her every night oh, wow. and then when my son came we took turns we would one night he would be my husband would be reading to my daughter and then i would be reading to my son and then we would switch roles the next night um mm -hmm. it would be yeah but the funny thing is when we read when it was just my daughter and we would both be by her in her bed mm -hmm. and and we would read the story to her I would fall asleep faster than you would. <laughs> and so that was, I mean, you know, the things that you look back to that just amuses you. Mm -hmm. They're just fun to remember, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, and the other thing, before I forget, because I had very strict parents, I did not want to be very strict with my kids. And so that's why they had more leniency in terms of where they want to go or what they wanted to do. Although when there, it came to sleepovers and stuff, we needed to make sure that we knew the parents of their friends and we knew mm -hmm. their, 
that was one of the things that we were very vigilant about. Yes. So we were too. So were there any verses that guided you, even without you knowing it now, after the fact, were there verses that guided you while you were raising your children? I mean, because we normally don't think about these things, right? We don't think about, oh, this verse is going to guide me. But looking back at how you raised your child, is there a verse that comes to mind that tells you, yeah, that's, that's basically how I raised my child. And that was my guiding light. Do you want to start, Gail? Um, sure. At first, I thought the regular verse, train up a child in the way they should go when they are old. Well, I feel like that's probably every Christian parent bottom, you know, guideline. And so as I was thinking about it, what came to mind was Proverbs 31, the prudent woman or something yeah. there's a name for. Yeah. But, but so the whole thing to me is just how to be a good wife and mother, just a good woman. So I think a lot of that guided me, especially when it says she opens her mouth with kindness and on her tongue is wisdom, or she opens her mouth with wisdom and on yeah. her tongue is kindness something like that. Um, so I, I really love Proverbs 31. It, yeah. it is inspirational to me. And here's another one. It's been on our covers and it still is. I took it off just for this podcast, but it's uh, responsibilities 12 to adult and Luke 2, 52. Uh-huh. And that's when he was, he went and they were the family when he was 12 years old went and then he stayed behind and they panicked. And when they found him, Uh, everything, all of that happens. Well, the last thing in that chapter, chapter two says, and Jesus increased in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and man. Mm -hmm. And so I took from that verse, a lot of what my goals are for the children. And that is um, responsibilities, 12 to adult. One is be about father God's business. Number two is be subject or obedient to your parents. And number three was to increase, grow in wisdom, Uh that's learning and knowledge, in stature, health, strength, ability, and in favor with God and man, which has to do with relationships, family, friends, church, people, God, and service. So that's been, I really like that rendition of that little verse in the Bible and everything that can be gleaned from that and Jesus, you know, in his childhood. Yeah. And so it, that blesses me a lot. So. Yeah. Gail was talking about was when Jesus was the one who got lost mm-hmm. and Mary and Joseph were looking for him and they found him in the synagogue. Mm-hmm. That's where that verse is. Right? Yeah. And yeah. Jesus didn't think he was lost. <laughs> the parents did. And of course yeah. they panicked. Uh, I love that, Gail. Thank you. Caroline. Right, so I'm you, you wanted authenticity, and it's like I am not well versed in the Bible. My faith is strong, but I'm just not well versed, so I Google things. So yes. I just was like, okay, I was, I was telling Cecile this it's like, okay, God, lead me to the verse that you want, but this is the treadmill is obviously not the place with their, your eyes closed. Um, because <laughs> I was staring off the treadmill, so when I opened my eyes, I went, okay, where can I find this? And I heard, heard God's voice say, Google, just Google it. That's what you do. So I Googled verses that parents 
would buy for their children or teach their children. This one actually did stick with uh, Second yeah. Corinthians 5, 7, where we live by faith, not by sight. Because mm. um, we've had some family traumas. Um, my mm. husband had was diagnosed with cancer when mm. our daughter was just going into kindergarten. Oh, wow. And I have a 24-hour rule. It's mm. like I... I when we got the diagnosis, I planned his memorial. I planned a celebration of life. I planned mm. his eulogy. I planned how I was going to move forward being a widow at, mm. with a child and everything. I had it all planned in my head. And it was like 24 hours. I can be human. And then it's like, okay, I'm done. It, it's God's again. And mm. uh, our daughter, she's always grown up with us believing in everything. And she prayed to God about it and mm. and I said do you have any questions are you worried and she said no she goes because God told me daddy's gonna be okay and I went all right you heard it I believe it and oh, wow. we just went by faith from there on out and so and yeah that everything was fine the doctor even was surprised that they got all of the tumor and which is an oddity because yes. of where the location oh. was it was between the main for, uh, the main vein in the major artery so it was right yeah. between them and they got the whole tumor yeah. and it kept shrinking instead of growing yeah. and shrinking yeah. like tumors yeah. do and we told the doctor it's faith it's yeah. God and he goes yeah. like yeah probably because he couldn't yeah. even explain it so yeah. We've, yeah. we've always told her live by faith live yeah. by what faith. a great testimony yeah what was the verse again Second Corinthians 5 7 I thought that was beautiful God told you Google because yeah. that's what you do I love it. That's a loving perfect. God who knows you. Yes. I hear his voice. I don't. Yes. It's like I'll just be like, and God's like, going, you're gonna go left. It's like, okay, yes. I'm going left now. Yes. You hear his voice. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. Very good. I'm glad I I'm not the only one who thinks that I do, because now you've confirmed it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because I have those two where I hear mm. his voice and mm -hmm. it's like and people are say, you know, I don't necessarily hear a voice, mm -hmm. but it's nice to know that I have someone who is with me and confirms that yes, he does speak. Yes. I have another another just a, a way of looking at it. Instead of hearing his voice, which people might think, Oh, you hear God, I mean that's weird. Instead, I like to say I recognize his yeah. voice because yeah. his voice can come in many different yeah. ways mm -hmm. mainly through mainly through the word of god yeah but in nature right. and even in fellow believers and even yeah. others you can recognize yeah. his voice speaking yeah. to you so yeah i like that kind of word you're familiar yeah. with his voice so you can yeah. recognize it it's beautiful and, yeah and i think recognizing his voice comes from being connected with him mm -hmm. yes you know, constantly having that connection with him mm -hmm. just like the sheep to its shepherd the sheep recognize the shepherd's voice that's beautiful constantly with them so if you were to give one advice and you can choose which mm. area here because we're gonna divide it if you were to give an advice one advice to a mother to be what advice would that be? For me, it would be to not take any advice, to listen to your own gut instincts, because you're going to know your child better than anybody else. 
Oh, I love that. We took advice when our daughter was little because she was a preemie. My, I hadn't had the letdown yet for the milk, right? And so I wasn't able to nurse her. And I was trying and trying and trying, and we thought she was doing okay. And everybody, I mean, there was a, a neighbor down the street who was a nurse, best intentions, and told us, well, don't don't give her a bottle in the nipple because she'll get con- nipple confusion. Yeah. And you don't want to do that. And so basically what happened was two days after we got her home, we had to take her back because she had full-blown jaundice and was severely dehydrated. Oh, my goodness. And I was like, oh, my God, I killed, I'm killing my baby. I'm killing my baby. So we went to the bottle and then I had let down and then, mm-hmm. you know, and then it was nursing all the time. But that taught me, it's like going forward, mm. I, people offered advice. It was like, do this, do that. And I was like, oh, uh-huh, thank you. And I just yeah. like discarded it all and just went with my mama instincts. Yeah. Mm. I love your advice, Caroline. Very I good. Gail, okay. what kind of advice can you give to a young mom? either that or a Mm -hmm. mom with adult children so you can choose between the two (laughs) i need advice for a mom with adult children (laughs) you need advice for a mom with adult children (laughs) yes you have adult children yes um okay so i i love what um what caroline said because uh there's a phrase that i have a lot and I, it's, I believe it's true even when I think of my own mother. No one loves you like your mother loves you. We have a very special love for, for our children. A good mom does. There's a few that aren't yeah. good moms, and they might have other issues, and that's why. Yeah. But most of us and most moms I know are good moms who love their children more than, you know, more than words can really say or understand. So... That's one thing. And so I love that advice that Caroline said, don't take advice because they're your children. And that also goes along with my other thing is don't be afraid to homeschool, especially now or be with your children. Okay. That's not really my advice. I'm not advising anyone to homeschool. That was a beautiful thing for me. And even considering how the world is now, know your children and what they're going through. Mm be keep the communication there so you know what is important in their lives to them and you know who is influencing them so that's one thing that was really good about we were at least not helicoptering but at least we're involved and knew what was going on so for the advice for an older mom with older children i'm learning as i go and kind of failing a lot more on this end with kids as I was than I was when they were younger. That I'll have to admit. So I will take the last one then. Moms with adult children. My advice, which is also going back to my question about a verse that guided me, my advice would be to pray. Pray like crazy about your children and for your children. Cover them in prayer. Mm -hmm. Because that is for me the best thing that I can do, especially when our children, when they become adults, they move mm-hmm. away, mm-hmm. they live somewhere else, and you're no longer, well, we are not in control anyway. Right. But when you pray for them, you connect them to the Father. Mm-hmm. 
And so that's the advice I would say. And the verse would be, pray about everything. Mm. Everything with thanksgiving and supplication. Make your request be made known to God. And the God of uh, God of peace um, will, what is it? Will give you peace in Christ Jesus. Yeah, I hope I didn't butcher that verse. <laughs> but I yeah. think it's in um, Corinthians or 1 Corinthians or... I can't remember even. So, Caroline, mm-hmm. you're fine. So, I truly enjoyed our conversation today, ladies. I am so blessed to have you both here. And I um, pray and hope that those who would be listening to this would also be blessed by the things that we shared. Mm-hmm. And again, thank you so much to both of you. It has been such a pleasure. Happy motherhood. Happy motherhood. Happy Mother's Day. All yes. yes, thank you. You too. Nice to meet you, Caroline. You too. Thank you for joining me today on this episode of Digging Deep for Treasures. If you enjoyed it, I'd love for you to subscribe so you don't miss any future ones. Of course, it would be amazing if you leave a rating and review. This will help more women find the podcast and grow in their faith and peace. If you're not sure how to leave a rating and review, click on the podcast app you're listening to and look for the ratings and review option. I'd also like to invite you to join my private Facebook group so we can get to know each other more. It's a great community where we can engage, learn, and grow together. Just hop on to at Digging Deep for Treasures. Then enter your name and email, and you'll receive an invite for the group. You can also connect with me on my website, cecilvaloria.com, or on Instagram at, at Valoria Cecile. Thank you once again, and may you have a blessed week. See you next week.